morning, good evening, good night, everyone. This is Endurance Chat. Uh, my name is Cookie Monster FL, Austin. That's me. And uh, here joining me uh, tonight is going to be Chris Washer. Uh, I had to do this a little blurb at the beginning because uh, my levels weren't correct. So I had to do some post edit. And uh, with the live version of this specific episode that came out um, on Friday, the Friday before November 24, we definitely had to do a little bit of editing just so you at least could hear some of the intro. So. Uh, this is that, and a uh, new format for us. We really like it. Hope you guys enjoy it. Um, and if we do one of these in the future, please know that you can also join in. Um, we try to include more of the community with these style episodes, and we think you guys will like this, and let us know if you want more. All right, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Doing very well. Uh, yeah, usually um, we come out with a more in-depth look of the race with the entry list discussion. Unfortunately, real life came in the way this year. A lot of time crunches happened. Um, and it kind of just really, um, it really fast-tracked into the weekend here and just didn't leave us with uh, much time. So what we decided is do a little live show, get the community involved, have it more fun instead of, you know, trying to cram down a two-and-a-half-hour, you know, uh, audio book of just us listing off you know, German names and butchering them horribly. Uh, it's been a very exciting weekend so far, Cookie Monster FL. I don't know if you've been following the action recently, but uh, we just got done about a couple hours ago with qualifying. Mm-hmm. We know what the grid's going to look like for the 24 hours of Nürburgring, but there's a big story that's coming out this weekend. That's the Manti Porsche. It was, uh, it, it didn't obey. I believe some yellow flags during the qualifying session and they got hit with a massive penalty that, that they're going to start all the way at the back end of group one. Yikes. Uh, and yeah, for those that don't know, there's, there's kind of two groups of cars, um, essentially that run, uh, at the start. Uh, and they're not, it, it's not like, um, uh, you know, some sports car, uh, other, other sports car, right? Uh, three, uh, three groups. Yes, yes. Um, and all of them with the car counts that we see specifically at this race are quite long. So it is a drop pretty much to the rear of the competitive field for them, which is going to be a tough comeback. But, I mean, out, out there's probably no race on the planet in 24 hours where, I mean, you can easily, easily be in the back at the start and be at the front at the end. I, it's just... I mean, weather alone, the track itself, there's just so much uniqueness to this event that makes it possible for cars to have problems and then literally come back for extraordinary feats because of just simply this race in May or in June sometimes. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's, it's definitely a storyline. We see one every year. However, I think that this race will definitely uh, uh, bring them back into play if uh, they play their cards right. And just to mention the uh, the rule, they take their flagging or um, let's see, following the flags of the marshals very seriously here. I think that's how there's like an Audi Asia team that got kicked out because they weren't following Code Sixty rules a co- like a few years ago, and then that's how Manti lost the race a couple years ago as well. They didn't follow Code Sixty procedure. They went a little faster than they were supposed to. Um, so it could definitely bite you in this race. It's probably a better alternative if you go slower than faster, I would say, than 
what either a code 60 or a code 120 um that's that's something unique to the Northlight. they actually have code 120s um it's very interesting because of the nature of this race how long track is if you're new um no safety cars in this race no full course yellows at all uh, that's why it's so heavily reliant on the yellows and the code 60s and the code 120s. And you'll notice uh, live timing, which is um, on Timing 71, produced by the lovely, I believe, James Musket, James Re Musket on, on Reddit. If it's, you'll see on top end, they'll have like the flag code, like the flag color. Uh, it, it, most of the time of the race, you'll probably just see purple there because at some point of the track, there's probably going to be a code 60 for, I would wager maybe half the race. Yeah. I, I, the past few years have kind of jaded me a bit with that because it is seemingly been uh, a fog fest for a few years, uh, in the last 10, I would say. Um, and weather has played a factor uh, more in the sense of uh, suspending racing operations for decent chunks of the race than it has been to actually give drivers some some grief. But um, weather is always a thing here, and you know the rain, especially at night, um, it just has that tendency more so than almost any other place besides Spa to just have a really wet you know playground for unexpectedly for the race or for a significant part of the race. So. Um, yeah, I, the competition has gotten more and more professional, as uh, you know, and it will continue to do so. Um, but it's still one of the last races where you you see true AMs, uh, you know, racing against pros in a track that is the most unforgiving track in the world. It's just it's unbelievably difficult, and then to do it in these conditions with that many cars on the field, it's uh, it's a tall ask to keep out, you know, to to hope that. The, you know that weather doesn't play a factor because you know even if it doesn't play a factor it's the drivers are going to ma- you know make it a thing especially with the amount of weather we've had in the last few years yeah i honestly i think right yeah go ahead i, I was gonna say um bouncing back to one of your previous points at the car counts um it's very nice to see it back in I would say full health. It's kind of the way it was pre-COVID. Because um, we have, coming into the weekend, 137 cars. It was supposed to be 138, but uh, unfortunately, uh, another one of the big storylines, the Opel Manta, not with us, unfortunately, because I believe um, they had their FIA-mandated battery Um I don't know if it exploded, but basically it caught on fire and it burned, dare I think, half the warehouse and a lot of their car. Well, not a lot of their car, but it did damage their car a ton um, of, with the burning. So unfortunately, the damage was too much for them to fix ahead of time. And obviously, if the car is old as the Manta and, you know, the old you know, supply chain issues, as much as we're sick of hearing that term, it's unfortunately what's going on right now. It really dealt them a bad hand in terms of a timeline of getting this car ready. So very unfortunate. Um, I think it breaks a streak of continuous race runnings for the team. Um, Hopefully we'll see them back next year, Uh, maybe in future uh, NLS races this year, if they can get the car ready. But the, 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 we do have some good news, Cookie. After a two-year hiatus, the Subaru is back on the grid. Subi. Subi love. 
Has that they? Well, I mean, they finished. They definitely finished races. It's not about reliability, but yeah, it's good to see. Uh, it's good to see them sort of in a GT paddock somewhere, um, and uh, good to see them back. Now I'm looking at the qualifying results here, because. Um, very complicated qualifying format. It's kind of useless to talk about now because it's all over and done with, basically. Uh, we had a top qualifying session with Q2, Q1 and Q2, Some and spots were reserved for Q2 by, basically, if you raced uh, NLS or the ADAC qualifying races. Uh, I believe spots were reserved for you there, then the rest kind of were m- over the weekend. Um over the actual race weekend this weekend, uh, you were able to get spots in the Q1, and then the top four people in Q1 moved on to Q2, and Q2 was the pole shootout. And what came on top of that pole shootout was, uh, to, to the surprise of some people, the Octane 126 Ferrari. Interesting. Yeah, and that uh, that was, I think, the, the one that obviously stood out. Because, you know, I mean, it grab pole and all but uh yeah i they ferrari is kind of making a slight resurgence with their you know a little bit better bop this year for one reason or another potentially but they've uh yeah i the the driver lineup too is uh is interesting as well and they were able to definitely take advantage i think of the right time and put in a great lap uh definitely upset who i thought was going to grab pole which is um, you know, the row racing team, just, you know, pick, pick one of them. So, uh, a great lap by them. A very interesting car. It's an all Swiss lineup. We have, uh, Z- we have Zodiac air in the chat. He is, uh, he lives in Switzerland. He's a very proud of that fact. He's been cheering off of the team all weekend. And here's the thing, cookie, this car, um, and I believe in qualifying race two, it, Crash. It was involved in the crash uh, towards, I believe, the Tier Garden area, which was where, unfortunately, we uh, a that was one where the marshal uh, collapsed and uh, unfortunately died on the scene. So it's an unfortunate fact about how the car came to be because you saw pictures um, over the weekend of the car, you know introducing the new gold livery that they have. They usually have a black livery with a red stripe on the side of it or, you know, running through um, the hood, the bonnet, and then the backside of it. Uh, It should be interesting because Octane 126 has not been known for finishing these 24-hour races. So hopefully, you know, for, for, for Zodiac's sake in the chat, um, they can get a very good start and get clean air, and hopefully we can see, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see an Italian car finish one of these things for once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> just that combination of that is uh, is almost sort of rare just to see it, right? But uh, yeah, I, I mean, you, you, I would love to see it just from the momentum that they're kind of hopefully establishing, especially with the new GT3 chassis rolling out soon. Um, and then their Le Mans hypercar project that should will get some official details at, at, at Le Mans. So honestly, like anything to try to keep uh, interest and uh, more motivation and momentum, you know, for the future for all of these classes and series, I'm 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 for. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, 
I'm not going to say I, I, I don't want Audi to win, but I'm also kind of not too happy with how they're handling some of their uh, GT3 customer support. I, I get where it comes from, sort of, but I don't. It's not from a sports car priority, so, you know. I, I, that's why I would definitely cheer for like a Ferrari uh, class team uh, or team that's operating Ferrari over someone right now that's driving an Audi. So, a little personal biases in there. Get your Nurburgring in 24 hours, Phil. Yeah, we. Um, it, there's been some news that broke about the Audi situation. It does pertain to their GT3 program, so we're going to talk about it for a brief period. Um, so we know Audi has intentions of racing Formula One. The Endurance Info just posted, I think it was about earlier this week, or if, if not a week ago, uh, the budget for their planned Formula One program is five billion dollars and they're basically willing to kill everything in their path motorsport wise to you know to make it in formula one and it's been widely speculated in fact it was believe that in in interview of one of the people there uh the audi gt3 program because once again for a reminder they do not have a car uh, a, a new car planned after the homologation of their current one so within the next two years, we could see the Audi leave GT3 racing. This would be you know kind of like Bentley, where you know the the factory support won't be there anymore. You could still race Audis. There's nothing wrong because you could still race them if it's in within the homologation period. They just won't be the factory support there. Right. Yeah, and therein kind of lies the reason why people would jump ship too anyway, because that's. I mean, that's that's how you make your bread to a certain extent money-wise in most regions. You know, regional series is pretty much um, pitching to privateers and smaller teams that they don't, you know, they, they're going to have to spend money to, to race. But, like, the budget is laid out there with everything else included. And Audi really just, at least for the North American market, they, you know, there was definitely signs that they weren't really willing to do that going back to even 2017, 2018. So, you know, I don't know if that's when all of this stuff started happening. I know they've had some changes um, in their management, but I, I don't think it's a could. I think it's a will uh, at this point. It, it certainly, I mean, it, even if that's even remotely close that they're willing to spend that much total on the program, it's however long they have budgeted for. Like, that's a that's a crazy amount of money. So, yeah, I, I like that doesn't surprise me at all, and I wouldn't be shocked if, yeah, in 2024, we don't see an Audi, or we maybe see one, but it's a privateer or in the back. So it'll, it'll be it'll be unfortunate just from how quickly they started. Um, you know, there's a, you know, there's sports car racing history kind of it, to a certain extent in the 80s, but really coming on the international scene fully in the in the 90s and then dominating and then fading out like this is I don't know. It's uh, hopefully they'll be back because it would be a real shame if they took a huge hiatus after this. Agreed, and you know to bring on after this uh, to talk about more about uh, qualifying specifically. He mentioned he had some points he wanted to share. Uh, his his endurance chat debut. Please welcome uh, Johan for the Discord. Hello. Um, yeah, I was going to say that uh, like after seeing some of the practice times for uh, the BMW uh, M4, that like I originally thought after seeing like how many of them were near the front or at least like potentially monopolizing like 
the the podium first, second, and third. How how good of a chance BMW stands um, in this race, like in the Nurburgring twenty four hours? Because I mean, from from the practice times, it seems like they are the favorite. Although, as we've seen, sometimes they can get topped in pretty interesting ways. So, I just um, want to know what your thoughts are on like how BMW's chances are with like you know completely crazy you know weather aside or you know stuff like that so i think from what we saw during the nls races although it's you know a very short uh what am i trying to it's it's very short compared to the 24-hour race the races um are i think the bmws have good race pace uh we saw that with the second nls race where they uh had a pretty good foothold. They won the first ADAC qualifying race. I think they were going to win the second one. Then they got penalized and that led yeah. to a Mercedes win. Um, it's also to note that during the the first three qualifying sessions, sometimes it, it can be it looks can be deceiving when it comes to that because you'll have all 130-something cars able to run at the same time. So when that happens... You know, you'll only, chances are you might only be able to get one pure clean lap out of that yeah. those entire sessions because of the constant yellows and code sixties. So and time, still, right, and by the time and by the time you 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 get into like a second or third lap, you're going to catch up to like the the fifteen year old BMWs that are going at fifty miles an hour, which will slow you down anyway. Which which was, and, yeah. And, and the longest session of the weekend was a three-hour night practice. I'll just call it night yeah. practice for the sake of it, or Q2, the session is officially called. When you're running at night, all you're focused, at least in you know my puny brain, you're focused on getting your drivers the nighttime laps, as I think that's probably a requirement. You have to get a certain amount of nighttime laps under your belt, otherwise you can't race in the night, sort of like any other endurance race. So at that point, let's see, you have an hour-and-a-half Q1, then we had an, a uh, one-hour Q3 today. So that's pretty – two and a half hours is all you got to put on a yeah. very, very good time. And I saw in Q3 today, that's where we saw most of the uh, changes in the order came in. You know, Falcon with Falcon moving up a bit, yeah. Oxport, uh, gets speed, I believe, was second at the time at the check of Q3. So it's, it's a very, very interesting – and also – um, also noted as we're talking about qualifying, Maro Engel on the German stream teared this format a new one because he's he what well, he said, uh, the format's too confusing for viewers, which I completely agree. Um, like I was gonna say actually that like we were watching the stream earlier today, and like the guy that was explaining it only made us more confused, actually. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that tends to also happen with this. I, I, I will. I want to point out too, with the uh, with the, uh, the point of the pace of the BMWs. I think um, to a certain extent too, we haven't really fully seen them on full. So I mean, we have uh, with uh, some of the uh, the prelim races that you know came in there a couple months previous. But uh, from their start, essentially in January with their first professional race with this, they've come an incredibly a long way. I mean, there was so much not pessimism, yeah. but just 
pretty honest and harsh judgment of where that program was to start the year. I mean, they, you know, they, the, one of the pro uh, GT3 cars had a, the rear uh, uh, latches off the the deck of the rear hood or, or uh, not the, hood, the, the trunk kind of thing. The thing like fell off the back. Um, and that was just specifically like a problem with the car. Like it had nothing to do with, uh, or like just the bodywork keeping that attached. So, you know, they've come a long way. And I mean, they had un- floor under tray issues for a while in testing that were pretty serious. And, uh, yeah, to, to, to really see them have the pace from the start after getting off the hauler to, uh, to, to now pre-race is, is pretty incredible. And especially at the number 24, which is, you know, uh, it's got to be now with Lamar potentially going to be with GT3 coming up. It's going to be interesting uh, to see where that goes. But for, for a lot of be for a lot of the German marks, this is a very very important race. So if BMW can somehow win this thing off their inaugural uh, debut with this car at this uh, specific race. Uh, that's going to be such a huge win, and that would be incredible from what we saw five months ago. Or four months. Yeah, ago. absolutely. It, it is. It is basically the the we beat you, haha, race. That's kind of what it's like, as you kind of mentioned. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, almost every major German manufacturer is racing in this all the time. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Audi will probably not. But uh, there's a there's definitely a lot of pride that comes into this. So we'll definitely see. I you know I I don't somehow I don't think that Ferrari is going to be at the front at the end of the race. But I I think one of the rows will for sure it's uh, unless there's a huge problem and they have actual mechanical problems or difficulties but we'll see we'll see uh, my my whole thing will be uh whether or not uh how porsche kind of bounced back from this because they just uh they had some spurts but I, I mean they really haven't had that authority presence that i've i've seen from them uh in previous years Ain't that right. But we want to think. We, uh, yep, I'm always right. Uh, <laughs> and we want to, th- and we want to thank Johan for coming onto the show. Thank you very much for your co- uh, participation. Very nice having you on. I hope you enjoyed your time. Yeah, thanks for. The- of course, thank you very much. Thanks, thanks very much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for. Yeah. Uh, so we've been talking about the Ferrari uh, Octane One Two Six, obviously grabbing pole. We. Kind of neglected the other Italian car that's in the top three. Conrad got third place in the top qualifying session mm-hmm. with uh, Jordan Jordan Pepper behind the wheel. So, so this begs us. Uh, this uh, makes me ask the obligatory question: When does Conrad get the puncture? <laughs> it always happens. Um, when Jordan Taylor, uh, sorry, not Jordan, Jordan Pepper takes over. Uh, like at some point in the evening. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I because because he's. I just think that they're so yeah. They just have such bad luck, and I I think Jordan Pepper's a fantastic driver too. And obviously he almost snatched pole too, um, or uh, it's not snatched pole, but third place I think. And uh, yeah, it was incredible. Like I I really want Lambo to do well here, but they just have. They have a debt to pay with some god, you know, in that, in those, uh, in that Green Hell Mountains that they still need to pay because they just have, I don't, you know, they, yeah, like you said, when's the puncture going to happen? When's the, when's the thing that messes their race up going to happen this year? So if they can just hold out and not have problems, we all say every year, but they will have it again. So, well, as my memory serves, they haven't been. 
they haven't gotten too lucky with that recently this year. I believe they still they're still getting their punctures. So maybe they're serving their dues um, for having a non-German car at the Nurburgring. It always happens, except you know that one time a Ferrari. I believe it was a Ferrari actually won a NLS race. Might have been Walkenspiegel um, a couple of years back. One of the rare moments to see at the ring. You don't, don't normally see a non-German manufacturer taking the checkers. Um, we want to introduce you another person from the Discord. Uh, we have a per- So we have an Audi that's in second. And there's a person on there that many people don't know about it. Maybe you can shed more light on it. Uh, welcome, Melterd, uh, from the Discord to the Internship Podcast. Hello, hello. Uh, good evening, everyone. Um, so, yeah, um, so pretty big names usually um, in the I just can't call it in the qualifying. We've had well, obviously John Pepper and the Conrad in the top three. Luca Ludwig was a pretty good surprise, but Kubla Kubasiak was the uh, the highest placed, second highest placed Audi driver and. I don't think many people know know who he is, but I believe he's um he's a regular at the Nordschleife, and he's um like one of those Nordschleife specials that that not many people know about. And it was very interesting to see him do that well, considering like top tier drivers like Dries Van Thor, Ricardo Fell couldn't even make it to top qualifying too. So yeah, very um. Very good surprise, and I'm hoping we'll see more of him tomorrow and Sunday. Um, Absolutely. I also had. Oh, wait. No, go for it. Um, yep, yeah, I was also also wanted to mention that the BMW BMW Junior team has been absolutely stellar. It's a three team. It's a three driver team made of uh, Neil Verhagen, Daniel Harper, and Max Hesse. All three drivers have completely different backgrounds, but something that has to be highlighted is that only Verhagen um, has an open wheels background because both Hesse and Harper went straight from karting to like actual cars, like not open wheels, but like closed up cars. Gotcha. Um, and and the BMW Junior team was responsible. I don't think it was both, but at least they responsible for one of those wins that the Nordschleife had this year. Uh, correct. That would be correct. They've been they've been in the mix for the win of every single NLS outing, but I think uh, LNS three was won by Rover, but it wasn't without uh, it wasn't without the junior team giving them a run for their money, and it's just it's just incredible it's just incredible what they can do, considering their their oldest driver is only twenty one years old. And that's I. That's why you um, chose the BW Junior team as your as your main class FWEC pick. Uh, for those uh, watching along uh, live or listening along, uh, we have a fantasy competition ran by N.W. Clarkson. You should be able to just Google search fantasy endurance on the the Googles, and you'll be able to see the link there. You should still be able to participate. You'll just have one of your classes. Uh, basically nuked uh because it's 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 after qualifying and picks close usually right before qualifying so everyone don't have a you know people don't cheat look up results try to you know get get the edge on it people uh it's a very fun competition i know a bunch of people choose uh 
at least you and believe Pentanix chose the BMW Junior team as sort of a uh, underdog, so to speak, because obviously there's so much talent in this grid that's not normally there for you know let's, let's say NLS or the ADEC qualifying races. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it was my pick because, first of all, BMW have been absolutely terrific this year with their new M4 GT3. They've sorted the car out, it's been competitive, like, week in and out. Uh, last weekend, I believe, Schubert Motorsport swept uh, both ADAC GT and DTM. Both races, they won four races in two weekends in two completely different, I mean, not completely different, but different series, which is just, just unthinkable. And uh, the second reason why I went with the BMW GM teams is, as you said, the drivers. Like, they're absolute underdogs, and they haven't been exactly the quickest so far this weekend, but I'm fairly confident that we'll, they will uh, recover for the race, and they will do like very well. And since you're the first European guest on the podcast, you'll be in the know more. We have had talk of some Germans in the chat room and this pod, uh, not this podcast, but on the race channels on the Discord over the past few days and been talking about rain uh, on Sunday. I've heard as anything as, you know, like a 30% chance all the way to an 85% chance. Do you have potentially information on the weather front in terms of how much rain, if not any rain, we're going to get? Um, I haven't heard a lot about the weather, but it's not Schleifer. The weather is very, it's practically unpredictable. But I've been hearing that the rain we should have shouldn't be too heavy. It should be light rain. So I'm really hoping we're not getting heavy rain, considering it usually ruins the racing and provokes mostly red flags. I'm really hoping for a clean, clean run, like a full distance run this year. Uh, but yeah. Weather-wise, I'm not really, I don't really know what to expect apart from just light rain and hopefully mostly a sunny race. All right, uh, we want to thank Meltert for coming on. It's nice to have a European, uh, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? perspective on Nurburgring 24 because uh, you're close. I think in the chat you're closer to any of us as you live in France and. You know, Germany's, you know, right across the border. So, uh, very nice yep. having you, Melter, and uh, you hope to have a good night. Thank you. Good night. Thanks for coming on. <clears throat> and uh, so, yeah, if you're looking at the stream right now, uh, I'm just going to move the gray background a little bit because that's just kind of, it's right, he's got right in the welcome, but just a couple guys in the background just holding beers and just drinking, watching GT3 cars right at the paddock. That's pretty much how I've understood to be the Nurburgring 24. You're just kind of. Not necessarily it's a party, but it's a it's an open atmosphere kind of event. So I just I, I was giggling a little bit when they uh, well, I was looking at the stream while you guys were chatting a bit, watching them because they're just all they don't look sober, <laughs> so they're just hanging out. But uh, yeah, it's oh, just the atmosphere and the vibe of uh, this place is fantastic. So in 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 a German stream, it was last night. They had they went into the campgrounds, I believe, by Hotzenbach. There's like homemade built elevators. Um, that t- like they they build fucking two. Uh, oops, I just swore. Uh, that's that's another one for the square <laughs> jar. Uh, they built like two story, you know, contraptions that they're probably makes OSHA wince in fear. Um, they um, there's hot tubs, there's pools. Um, 
It was like, let's see, I think it was like 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, and you'll just already see people pouring in their own draft beer. It's such an insane experience. Um, I think my, my favorite crowd- from last year was, uh, was uh, I think it was on the front third of the circuit um, near one of the like rowdy zones. Uh, some guys had a, a what looked to be a commercial urinal, um, like zip tied or mounted to the to the the spectator fence. Like their their campsite was just you know behind that, and everybody would like stand on the fence. So these guys had just like brought a like a ba- uh, you know a restroom urinal. Like I I I, I don't even know how it mounted it. And then there was like literally that shot got on the uh, the live feed somehow. Of course it would, but that that was also like oh that's peak nerve ring like. Just peak, and there's. I think there was like a beer bottle in there too. And I was like, "Yep, there it is, there it is." Remind? Does, does it remind you of an event in the U.S. somewhere down south? Maybe. I don't know. I can't remember it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, um, yeah. Today and yesterday, we had people with their shirts off. We had a helicopter camera overhead, and uh, they saw it. And the natural instinct for them to do was uh, take their shirt off. Um, we had, we also had a case of plumber's crack in terms of the, uh, in the, uh, ADAC 24 classic race, which if you guys have the time every Friday at the Nürburgring 24, they have a three hour historic car race. That's normally f- the first thing on in the day. So it's a very early, but it's well worth it. It's very awesome seeing those cars around. Um, we're going to bring in our next guest. It's one of the moderators of the r slash WEC Discord server. Welcome to, uh, unfortunately, Canadian Jeb the Rebel. Uh, whoa, okay. Hello, hi. I have a question. <laughs> question for the Dude. panel, right? So the BMWs have been showing some pretty solid pace over in Europe, apparently, right? But So something that was brought to my attention over the last couple IMSA rounds, I don't know if you guys are aware of it, is the oil smear on the side of the M4 GT3. As far as I know, we have, do not have a source or or an explanation as to where it's coming from, but it appears to be coming from the exhaust. Uh, you can see footage of it if you go back and watch Turner at Laguna Seca. You can very clearly see over the race an oil smear develops on the side of the car. Uh, do if If you guys happen to know, do we have a further source as to where that is coming from? And if we don't, how do you think this will factor into the 24-hour race? I don't think we have a. I don't think anybody knows the source of that yet. I don't think I've seen anything. Okay. Besides, besides, I think uh, MP and GG maybe have talked about it in their their podcast discussion. I don't know, but I mean, I, we had talked about it before we started going live here before with this um, with this live podcast that uh, the just calling into question a little bit with the BMW's uh, reliability. I mean, I know that they've done a bunch of testing and the car is clearly performing way better than it did before. But I think a lot of that was just hampered with lack of true testing and sorting out a lot of their just basic issues um, is why they couldn't do anything in uh, January really. So um, yeah, I think I, I, and I asked Chris too, I don't know of the last 24 hour race that they've, or if any that they've done, you know, without problems, basically running at speed and, you know, finishing on a lead lap or a lap down, something like that. I don't know if they have done anything. So yeah, I I think that could be a, a potential issue, but yeah, I mean, in terms of yeah, potential causes. I mean, Zodiac mentioned um, fuel differences. It could just it could be additives, um, you know, or it could be something else. But that usually, I think that they would have sorted that out. I, I mean, if you have oil coming out of the 
I mean, cause it's coming out of the exhaust, so or, or somewhere around there. So I, I've got to think that 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 shouldn't be happening, even if it is additive. So, but um, the last last part about that is, is it terminal? It could be, um, or they, you know, they have an ability to to top off some of the some part of the car with fuel uh, with oil during a stop or something. So it could hamper believe, them for sure. I believe they do. From what I was told, I believe they do have like a, like a charge method of like putting more oil in it. It's more just kind of how sustainable it is over an endurance race, given that we haven't seen it's kind of proper, like 24 hour potential. Cause I believe Turner DNF at the Rolex, I think. Right. Or am I not remembering correctly? Um, I thought maybe no. I think they were running. I, I know one of the BMWs did, and I mean the one of the pro ones. Um, at least was, was yeah. Was, I think that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, the, the both both pro cars had problems, but um, yeah. I mean Turner, I think was doing all right for most of that race. Now I'm now I'm failing to remember the the GGD uh, finish, but I mean like the, again the uh, the case stands that we really just haven't seen them run a, a full twenty four hours. They've been in Creventic, but I think those are those haven't been the full twenty four hours. Those have been twelve hour like kind of breaks and stuff. Not to say that that's any better, but um, you know we haven't really yeah, seen tests like this you- before. Yeah, we've really only seen so the successes for the M4. Obviously, it won Long Beach with Paul Miller. Um, it won Italian GT. Actually, swept DTM and ADAC GT just this last weekend. We don't really have um, a very good case study for its long-term success yet. Um, it, it won the uh, ADAC 24 qualifying race. That's six hours. So that's six hours of sustained running. It also won the 12 hours in Mugello. But that was split into two parts. So once again, it was also only you know six, six and a half hours of sustained running. So it's going to be interesting to see if we are going to have to deal with the new car tax, as they like to call it. If BMW, you know, you know, you know, does it very well, you know, no competition at all, you know, sweeps the race, you know, with the broom and, you know, calls it a day or it's going to run into those pesky reliability issues that they're going to have to try to figure out. Yeah. yeah that's, I, yeah. I, I, I think what I'm, tr- what I'm trying to say is basically that I, I just want it to actually finish this race. Basically what I'm saying is if it's going to DNF, I want it to be because it broke down. Like, I don't want it to DNF because it gets taken out or anything like that or, or, or something dumb. I want it like, cause if, cause if it, if it DNFs because of a mechanical, then they'll at least know or, or will know there's a weak point. Right. Where, whereas, like, if they just get taken out, then well, the weak point is the driver of the other car. Like, it's pretty much it. So, I, I either hope, even if they finish this race and they're just like terribly slow, I want to see that just because I think it'll be interesting because then we'll actually have a proper judgment of of we know we know the BMW is fast in the short like in in the, the the short run. We need to figure out how fast it is in the long run because that'll also help with BOP and stuff like that, the magic word. Because then if the car is fast in a short run but it's really slow in an endurance race, then that that's kind of the offset is they're fast initially and they're slow in the long term. Yeah. I, I think, think it'll be interesting regardless. No, Basically, right. as long as all of the BMWs don't get taken out, <laughs> it'll be a good race. Yeah, well, I think all of us are kind of looking for that, uh, that data point really um, and trying to kind of figure out where – they sit is hard to hard to do until they get into these races. The like it's this one and Spa really that and I mean Daytona. But when you start a program at Daytona, it's you know it's more raw than any other places you're going to start at. So 
I would really, these are the two measuring sticks, Nürburgring and Spa 24 hour races where, you know, you're definitely going to see, um, you know, really where these cars stand up in the long run when it comes to just pace and reliability. Um, yeah, because that oil thing could just be something that they can manage and they, they will fix it. But for now, they're not. Um, or it could really come to bite them at the 19th, 20th, 21st hour. I mean, we really don't know. And we don't know how much they've tested for this kind of stuff uh, in the background, too. So, you know, I think and, yeah, I think you're right. We just want a lot of questions answered for this program right now. And we'll probably get them. And the, the, other, the other thing, too, with their, their debut, the, the Rolex is great a great kind of like preliminary like, oh, here's how this car performs. The other thing to remember from this year's Rolex, too, is it was freezing. Like, it was abnormally cold at this year's Rolex. So that might kind of skew the results a bit, because obviously the denser air cars with boost, like the BMWs, are going to be making more boost. And so they're going to have a bit more power, theoretically, on paper. But also, just it, like, it was actually cold enough where you, they are probably running into issues with the cars just because of how cold it was. So I think this will be a really good example as to... This will be kind of like the first true, like, here's how this car performs in a 24-hour race. See you for Spa. Yep. Yep. That is everything. And and you did mention BOP. I'm looking at the latest uh, BOP changes. I'm not the most fluent in German, so I can only tell which cars had changes made. Um, the 911 GT3 Porsche, uh, the 488 GT3 and the Audi R8 LMS Evo 2, those are the cars that had recent changes made to them uh, before today's running. Uh, interesting note to point, BMW, you know, heading into this weekend and even then with the recent BOP change, absolutely no BOP changes for the BMW. So we're going to see how that how that fares out. Yeah, it, and, and that's the thing, too. Yeah. Um, not to mention all the other stuff that we've been talking about specifically with the BMW, um, just looking at previous races, but this one's going to be, you know, it's not going to be super hot. So you don't have to worry about that too much, but it's definitely going to be cool. Um, you know, track's going to be, uh, a little bit more slick than it will be. Um, than they're than the drivers that I mean are used to. And, um, yeah, with the weather predicting potential light rain showers throughout, um, the, you know, the evening into the, to the morning, it's definitely going to be potential for, for slicky business out there. And, um, yeah, we'll see how the BMWs do. Yeah. I'm, I'm with Jeb. I just, I want to see one of them finish. So I know kind of where they sit. Um, and just to see them like actually, uh, on the track doing this uh, live on with the 24 hour race is a good, good kind of readout to how that program is probably going to be, you know, how successful it's going to be and how it's probably going to be BOP. So I'm, I'm just exactly, looking forward yeah. to them. Being able to finish it. Like even if it, even if it finishes last, at dead last on the track, that's a, at least we go okay. Well, we know it's slow. That's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like yep. and, that, and that'll also help the guys. I'm willing to bet you the reason the BMW has no BOP changes is probably because ADAC or NLS or whoever's actually responsible for overseeing the BOP for this specific race is probably going. Oh well, how was it done in 24 hour races before? Well, it hasn't. Okay. Well, leave it. Yeah. We've, they've seen that they're fast. It's just that even in qualifying, like, oh, i got to pull up the qualifying results real quick. BMW is like what? Four, or second, sixth, seventh. Like, it's not crazy. Yeah, they're the most, they're the manufacturer that has the most cars in the top ten, but, like, that's not insane. It's second, sixth, and seventh. It'll be interesting. 
And I don't know if there – I can't remember if they do any BOP changes post-qualifying because all they have tomorrow is a warm-up session, which I think is like 30 minutes. So I don't know if they have the power to do that. Uh, I think right now that if we're just looking at pure qualifying times, the BOP, except for the, the Ferrari is pretty OP, um, basically a second and a half faster than everybody else. Um, I think we might have a good BOP balance here for what we know. Uh, I think tomorrow we're going to see a pretty good race. I think we're going to see a fair race. Um, I don't think – because a lot of people had fears, especially when the first two qualifying sessions came about, that the BMWs were – you know, had too much of a leg up. But now that we had, you know, the top qualifying has came and passed, um, it's – it's uh, I think those fears have lessened. And also we did have the BOP table translated thanks to uh, Rex in the Discord chat. Uh, Audi got six horsepower more. Porsche lost 10 kilograms. And Ferrari got their engine restrictor removed. That's what he uh, translated. And that makes sense that they got their engine uh, engine restrictor removed so to see them so fast and qualifying than from they what we what from what they were uh, in the results table just 24 hours ago. So uh, that's that's interesting. Hope we'll we'll have to see how that affects on terms of uh, on terms of race pace for the Ferrari. I'm interested in seeing that. Yeah, that's going to be a slight twist to it too, and you know, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if a little bit of that was as well that they're, um, you know, it's it is a, a sunset of sorts. This isn't necessarily the most um, factory backed effort of Ferrari's ever done here. I mean, not like they've done a ton, but they they definitely have put a little bit more into it as well. It's not not nothing anything uh, against the uh, the result for qualifying, but it is um, you know, I I wonder if even with the with the gifted pace uh, that they can keep it at the top still, even with the uh, the bonuses. So um, I, I just I, I've got a feeling it's still it'll, it'll still be a German mark winning it. Uh, you know, twenty four hours from the start of the race. So, but hey, I've been wrong a lot of times. So we'll find out. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, again. I think for me, it's like kind of the the really like obviously this weekend specifically is uh, you know around the world it's it's the, the the greatest weekend kind of a, a motorsport, uh, excluding like specific races because obviously the model is fantastic. But um, you know it's a it's a big celebration motorsport. It kind of feels like you're kicking off the summer summer schedule in in, in a sense. Um, and Nurburgring 24, even though it usually runs a little bit later and sometimes one a lot later than this, kind of feels like that for me with sports car racing. Uh, everything else has felt like a bit like spring. Um, and even though with the temperatures now kind of being in the 50s and 60s, still spring-like, <laughs> um, you know, this race always has that summer, that weird summer feel like everybody's finally kind of like, um, you know, relaxing a bit uh, uh, with the with the better better weather. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this race. It's going to be an exhausting weekend uh, with the amount of racing um, that I'm going to try to watch. But uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll all try to get through it together, I guess. And and uh, people, you know, I know lots of racing, like you said, this week in Austin or Cookie Monster FL. Uh, it could have been worse. Remember a couple of years back when the ADAC uh, announced, uh, ba- they basically uh, announced some dates 
for the Nurburgring 24 hours ahead of time. And one of those dates clashed with Le Mans. I bl- and I want to say I believe it was 2022 that, that clashed. Thank God the dates changed. Otherwise, we would have been dealing with a, uh, I would say, a worse situation than what we have here. Um, uh, the, the dates for 2025, those clash as of right now. So hopefully that gets fixed. So hopefully we'll avoid that catastrophe. But yeah, I mean, let's take a look at what's going on sports car racing wise. Even this weekend, uh, we have British GT, which I believe we have a member of our Discord server uh, attending. Uh, we also have Super GT from Suzuka. Then obviously, uh, the Nurburgring 24 hours. Um, and just imagine, after Nurburgring, let's take a look at next week. Next week is also kind of stacked. You got IMSA at Detroit. You got the Circuit Power Card 1000 kilometers, which is one of the SRO's kind of blue Ryband events that isn't the Spa 24. Um, and that runs into the night at Paul Ricard. And it doesn't use the backstretch chicane, so that gets points in my book. Then also, you get the uh, 24 Hours of Fuji next weekend that just got announced for the first time. English language commentary for the, uh, I believe, first two and a half and the last two and a half hours of the race. And then you'll have the 24 Hours of Spa with the motorbikes. That's going to be interesting. Uh, but back to Nürburgring, um, tomorrow, it's a very early start to the day. Um, I know, cookie for you, the first race of the day starts at 2.50 in the morning, your time, yeesh, um, with the Tour and Wagen Legends. Yep. Then we have F. Then we have the World Touring Car Cup. In between the two races is warm-up for the Nürburgring 24. Then we'll have, what else? Oh, yeah, the BMW M Race of Legends, where they race BMW... Uh, I believe M2 CS Cup cars. I believe that that's what they're called. Bill Oberlin is racing in that event, as long as other BMW legends of the past. Um, that's going to be around. I can only. I'm sorry I, for European views. I can only think uh, U.S. time. It's going to be around 8:30 Eastern U.S. time. So that should be very fun to watch. That's only the Touring Wagon Legends race and the BMW race are only going to be on the Grand Prix track. Um, because I uh, wish uh, I would presume because they don't have you know the car counts to make the races as interesting, right? And you know, um, so that's that's going to be awesome. And then was it sixteen hundred uh, local time, and then nine p nine not nine p m nine a m Eastern. Or 10 a.m. Eastern, one of, one of those dates, or one of those times. It's going to be the race start in the United States. Very interesting race. Uh, oh, well, we forgot to mention uh, one WEC team had some problems. Glickenhaus. They were in uh, top qualifying one. Immediately at the start of the session, well, not at the start of the session, they were going onto the uh, they were going onto the grid. They had problems, and they had to basically retire the car from qualifying, which means they are going to start uh, trying to look through this uh, results page here. As of right now, they're going to start in definitely not top 30. Be- I, b- I below LBS top 30. Right now. I got, or sorry, I have on the, uh, the stream. 30, 35th, according to what I have here. 
I do, that's that's what the that's what the results say. Maybe it's not necessarily where they're going to start because I believe Manti Manti is listed here as twentieth, I think, mm-hmm. and they have to start all the way in the back of Group One. So Glickenhaus will gain a position there. So definitely not the best start. Glickenhaus not was not you know his thumbs up self after that moment. Um, How's the pace on the Glickenhaus? Ah, uh, they got top. In turn, in the th- in the three qualifying sessions, they managed to get top twelve at one point overall. So it's not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Definitely, when they're splitting amount of res, I'm sure they're splitting a lot of resources between both of them, and uh, and yeah, so not bad. But I again, it's been a while since that thing has been at the front. I would definitely like to see. I mean, it looks gorgeous though. So hopefully, it continues to get better. And I'm curious. I'm trying to look down here. It's kind of finding like needle through the haystack with all this text. I'm trying to see where the uh, Subaru ended up because that's a fan favorite. I'm trying to see that. I believe they're in the SP3T class. So I want to take a look. They are 58th overall. I'm trying to see. I think they might be second in class. And if it rains, that Subaru is going to be on the mission. Oh, you you would think, you would definitely think it's it's uh, is that it would definitely have more. Uh, you'd, the drivers would have more confidence in in different parts of the the track, and it would handle potentially slicks better depending on it, the compound and how the car likes its tires. But yeah, I you know it's it, that's what I hope with this race is that it, it starts to highlight different cars doing different things at different times because the track is more geared to them at that specific time i you know that's what i hope for so yeah naturally i'm, I'm pulling for some subi magic at some point and i did find uh just to clarify the glickenhaus it, it was a water pump slash sensor issue for the glickenhaus i finally found the reasoning for that so that's why it didn't partake in any of the top qualifying sessions uh so with that all said Cookie, you got you got you got to choose your winner, man. Oh boy, see that's gonna be tough, and I'll I'll, I'll put back the uh, the other one here, so we've got it. Ready to, so I have some ideas. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I obviously uh, as you know, you guys have been listening. It's I've been pretty pretty on the BMW. Um, I, you know, I, I think Audi is is solid. I don't know if they have the true outright pace, but honestly, you don't need it if you're even hinting at in the top ten uh, or sniffing at it the entire race. You know, you could basically fall into a win there. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm gonna probably go with. Uh, I don't want to do it, but I want to say Manti because I just don't really care about if they start in the back or not. And it, like I said, I don't even think it matters to a certain point as long as they can keep it clean. Um, they'll find their way to be in the top five by the third or fourth hour or something like that. And, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. But it's it's either I, – I think it's either going to be them or BMW. I, for selfish reasons, I do want to pick the Manti as well. They're my FWAC pick, my fantasy pick. Um, I do think the BMWs, if 
basically, you know, everything goes to plan of what we see from before the eighth qualifying race where they won, NLS three where they won. Um, basically, if they have that type of pace and have no problems, then they should have absolutely no problem being up there at the end. Um, it's also interesting to see how the strategies play out because we did have so much interruption in this race the past few years. Um, and with the potential of what I've what Melter did say rain uh, on the Sunday and with rain, you know, that humidity does come with rain. Um, I don't know. I'm not a huge, you know, meteorology expert, but I do know if there's, you know, if there's humidity, there's a chance for fog. And that's why we were under the red last year because of the huge amounts of fog that just clouded up the entire track. Um, so our team's going to plan for that um, with the interruptions because that's what actually caught uh, Lars Kern. Um, Manti was the winner last year, but I believe someone in the chat can correct me on this. Lars Kern didn't have enough drive time. And they just went with the other, believe, other three. And Lars Kern ended up not being the winner of the race. So the people with four drivers in their crew might face an issue like that mm-hmm. uh, if that comes to fruition. But yeah, ho- hopefully Manti, BMW, if what we've seen from their pace in the previous races come to light with no issues at all, that's going to be interesting. Audi. I don't think people are talking enough about Audi, actually, because they're four, just off of memory, fourth and fifth uh, in the in the qualifying results, uh, with, I believe, car collection being the faster one. Yep, yep. fourth place with that car. Um, they might be the manufacturer that slips up from underneath all the, you know, all, all the favorites. They might be, they might slip through the cracks. They, I think at this point, because I don't, based on recency bias and what happened in the past, I don't think Octane or Conrad have the cars to do it. Well, they might have the cars. They, I don't, Octane doesn't have the driver lineup. Um, Conrad's just going to have a puncture. It's it's a very it's ba- it's it's death taxes and Conrad punctures at Nurburgring. <laughs> that's that's basically what it sorts it down to. Um, I think it's Audi, Porsche, and BMW. In my in my honest opinion, I think that's going to come down to those three manufacturers. Wow, what a risk! Really, really reaching there. <laughs> uh, what about what about um, uh, you think any we're going to hear any breakout drives from any anybody this year? Um, like from what we said earlier, the podcast, the uh, Polish uh, driver of, let me find his name here, Jacob Gimaziak, um, in the fifth place Phoenix Audi. Nobody really heard of him before, and he came out with really impressive times. He wasn't that he 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 did uh do the top qualifying session for that team, if I remember correctly, um. Cordero actually the Porsche Super Cup like half a decade ago. Okay, that so he he's been racing for a while. That's that's at least that's good news for something for a driver that you want racing on the Nordschleife. You want experience. Um, 
I, I don't know. Um, maybe. The BMW Let me take a look Junior down the order here. That we uh, that you know we we heard mentioned uh, earlier as well. I think might be a team or set of drivers to look out for. Yeah, may, may, maybe. I think the BM. I think BMW. It might be Rover. I think Rover Racing could be the team to do it. Honestly. Um, if a BMW team were to win this, I think it's going to be Rova. Um, they've been so fast in qualifying this uh, this weekend, and they won. I believe they won NLS three. Um, now without a fight from the BMW Junior team, of course. But uh, I think the BMW Junior team, if they have a very good competitive car, will be up there. I think just I just think Rover is going to be the winning BMW if BMW does win this race. Um, we have a question from the randomist. Are we going to see a wonder drive from an SPX KTM, yeah. Yeah. which is a cup X KTM. They have the GT. It's a GTXs, which is basically the GT twos, but I believe just with more power mm-hmm. or um, like we did in NLS three until they had issues. Cause NLS three, the GTXs KTMs were pretty much on par with GT three pace until they had issues. Um, I don't think so, based on the fact that um, none of them made it out of Q1. We did see uh, a GTX be sort of competitive in Q1. They might have gotten top 10 in that session, but I I don't think overall they're going to be two. And I think they're going to stay. They might have, they might play a factor in the lower end of the GT3 class, but in terms of what we saw in NLS3, I do not think we're going to get that same situation where they're like in the top five. Um, Man, I'm Team Chaos, so that, that bums me. Bums yeah, me. it's sort of, I, I, it, it really is a shame. They're, they're really quite fantastic cars. They just have keep running into issues like the uh one of the other ktms i believe the 117 uh had its wheel come off right along the hotzenbach so that wasn't that wasn't optimal um we also so cup x i believe has three gtx's and then they have a gt i don't think they have a gt4 do they it's three gtx's and some other KTM that's not a GT2 um, so that's going to be interesting yep okay it's three GTXs and one GT4 I was right the first time uh, Zodiac Air who we mentioned before uh, earlier in the episode best lineups from each manufacturer hmm. uh, what do you think about that cookie yeah it's a it's a it's a good that's a good it's uh, good exercise here I would definitely say with the the BMWs, um, it's uh, it's really hard to go against the ninety nine at least at least on paper. They're they're that's just fantastic. Um, Ferrari, you know, obviously, I think that. Do we have another Ferrari? On? I, we might, right? There's a Pro Am, I think. Right? We do uh, racing racing one. Okay, so yeah, so it's the very dark blue car. Octane 126, uh, then the Audis. That's a little bit more, slightly more difficult for me at least. I'm not as familiar with everybody that's on here, but uh, and there are some really good ones in some of these Audis. I would probably still then then yeah go uh, car collection. 
Um, and yeah, let me, uh, I might have to think a little bit more on some of these other ones, but yeah, that's a good, uh, and then I think with a Porsche, um, <sighs> Team Falcon's not bad, but I would probably have to get it. I mean, I guess if I'm saying that um, uh, Manti's winning it, I should probably go with one of the Manti. You know, probably just to back up my claim there. So I guess Manti. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of any, any of the other ones. How about you, Chris? Uh, I think, let me just look at the talk, the talk sport car, because the talk sport car was very fast, although I believe this is their second or third race with the car. But they're fast enough that got them into, I believe, Q2. That's a very impressive lineup. That's, uh, it's, and then you have Dynamic, which they're, they're actually good. Yeah, Engelhardt. Yeah, Case. Yeah, Matteo Caroli. Yeah, jeez. Okay, that is, that's pretty good. And you have KCMG in the mix somewhere. This is a Q2. I should pull up Q1. See where some of the other people are at. But yes. Yeah, that's where, and that's where, you know, with our previous two hour long episodes, even though this is pushing uh, our seven already, but no, we won't get to that point. Um, you know, we would kind of do some breakdowns. Of it. Yeah, it would definitely be kind of terrible and hilarious at the same time for the majority of it, but. Uh, the parts that I definitely enjoyed were uh, just kind of like putting more pieces uh, together with some of the teams, uh, especially the driver lineups, and um, and just to kind of go over some of those and then to see how that works uh, in play in the race is you know rather interesting because you know there there are these preconceptions with how they are racing in other series or with different drivers that kind of thing and just to see how they work with not necessarily a new team, but uh, just new uh, people behind the scenes and different drivers. Um, I find that interesting. It's, it definitely kind of, it we, it definitely does a decent job of weeding out a certain amount of talent or at least drawing comparisons between success in other series versus success in, at here. So um, I think that, that part I, I definitely do enjoy, even though um, <laughs> I couldn't really pronounce half of the names in them or I still can't. I could definitely give it a shot, though, but it would just it would come off as being really terrible, not not appropriate. Like it would be, I'm trying to do like a German <laughs> pronunciation for for some name and come and just butcher it terribly. So and you'll unmistakably cause World War Three. Right, exactly. That's that's my that's my greatest fear. That's why I can't sleep at night. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go for Porsche. I'm gonna go with Talk Sport. Because um, I don't know, it's a three-driver lineup with Julian Anlauer, Matt Campbell, Matteo Giamone. Very impressive drivers. Um, I don't know. I like Manti. It's it's kind of like the old guard, you know, with Christensen, Estra, Makovecki, Vantor, or, or the older guard. You know, then talk sports the young the the, the the Gillette Young Guns. If you're a NASCAR fan, you'll know that reference. <laughs> um, I, it, I, I was very torn. That's why I kind of just waited waited for you to you know, but let you do do your thing. I was kind of contemplating hmm, which Porsche. So it was very hard. I think talk sport is going to be the better of the two, um, the best of the Porsches. Mercedes. That's going to be. I think it's going to be the, the four. 
I think Jules Goudon is absolutely a menace. Um, he won the Bathurst 12R. Now, albeit, you know, that was only with 14 other GT3s in the grid. But that's still a 12-hour race victory. Also very impressive in uh, British GT holding off the Balfe Motorsport car. Um, and he's just very good in general. And Get Speed has been pretty fast all weekend, especially with Engel putting the car, uh, I believe, second overall in terms of the three qualifying sessions. Um, Audi. Whew. Ah, this is tough because... There's almost like, I don't want to say like a weak link, but it's like, because you have the five, which Feller and Kelvin Vanderlyn, both really good drivers. Then, then you have Frank Stippler, which I'm going to be honest, what has he really done over the past couple of years? Um, and then you have Vincent Kolb, which I believe he might have been racing the car collection cars last year or the past couple of years which I don't think they fared too well in the order. Um, we're going to completely leave the twin Bush car out of it. That's not going to go anywhere. Um, the, the 15 has also Kelvin Vanderlyn. He's doing a double. Dries Van Thor, Frederick Verwees. Ooh, that's a strong lineup. That's the Team Phoenix car, the bright blue one. The 16 car has the the Polish guy we talked about earlier with Kim, Louis Schramm, Michelle Breda, and Marcus Winkelhock. And then you have, what is it, 22, Christopher Haas, Nico Mueller, Patrick Niederhaus. Oof. Yeah, that's why I want and the then you have, Then you have the uh, other car collection cars. Um, I know the 15s really is, is stacked too, but... Um... Yeah, I'm going to have to go with 15. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Robin, we should have a soundbite for stacked, but it's it definitely is warranted for that lineup for sure. I'm still sticking with 22, but that is a very that's a nasty lineup, man. Now BMW, because obviously they've been the talk of the weekend before coming in uh, on Thursday. Strongest lineup for that manufacturer, I think I'm gonna go with. I think I'm going to go with the... Uh, it's going to be one of the Rover cars. I think it's going to be the 98. Ooh, okay. Okay. Nicky, Nicky Katzberg races the GT3s. Um, he has experience. John Edwards, uh, American guy. He Doesn't he race for uh, the Ray Hall Letterman in the States? Yeah. Um, then you have Sheldon Vandalin and Marco Vittman, which is their uh, Chris uh, just had oh, just pulled go. a double. A uh, Sheldon actually just pulled a double, a uh, sweep at Lauschitzring just the uh, other weekend. So yeah, he previously just won in this car. So I think the ninety eighth could be the strongest for the BMW. I I could buy I could buy that argument, but. I still chose 99. So, ha. Yeah, I, I think I, I think there's an argument to be said for most of the OEMs here to, to have a shot at leading overall at some point or fighting up front. It's just, uh, yeah, how long can they avoid problems and uh, have some extra luck fall into the lap, uh, you know, depending on code 120s and all that other stuff. So, 
um, weather and traffic and accidents related. So I, I think it's going to be another barnstormer of a race. I mean, we'll just we'll, we'll see. The fog might be a, a factor with this, especially with the lower temperatures. Um, and I hope not. <laughs> but I, I think barring any fog, it should be a relatively calm race. I mean, it doesn't sound like we're going to get any major rain or anything that's going to surprise people. So um, it just seems like it's going to be a potential wet race, uh, or at least soggy, or at least damp. <laughs> Somewhere in there, I think that we'll have some of that. So, But yeah, again, I, nothing that cr- it stands out like it's going to be the most insane race ever, or the most weather-related or anything like that, but... Um, you know, really breaking all this stuff down just shows you how 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 much potential this race has to be a, a classic. Just even from looking at the uh, the entry list and the qualifying list here. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite favorite events of the year by far, and I just love the atmosphere and everything about it. It's so very German, so very mechanical and technical, and uh, yeah, I just love the hell out of it. So we'll, we'll we'll get through two last things that we have in the Discord chat from our community before we wrap things up real quick. Uh, Louis uh, Loris Amorosi, or also known as Amoros, KTM top 10 overall. I don't think so. I think the GT3 grid is just too thick. Um, even with the problems, the KTM just, just doesn't need to have issues of its own. And uh, we've seen that even as short as... You know, the four-hour races for NLS, even though it was as quick as the GT3s at some parts or, you know, at some GT3 pace, it still had issues. So they need to get hold of their own issues before they can even think about challenging, you know, I would would say top 10 overall. So that's my honest opinion. Uh, Cookie, what about you? Do you think KTM could crack top 10? No, honest opinion, they can't. Or I don't think they will, but I would love it if they do. I'm Team Chaos, man. And so then anything to promote chaos is is is, is is that's what I'm for. So let's let's bring the KTM's up to the front for some reason. Let's just pull out in a weird rule and make them a lap ahead or something like that. I don't mind doing that. Let's go. And we'll uh, end the show off with an international incident. Zo- Zodiac Air <laughs> has a challenge for us. Pronounce the Thai driver names. <laughs> and then it immediately objects <laughs> to that. I don't. Do I have a list of them? I don't even. The one one nineteen and one twenty. Okay. All right. Hold on. I gotta get those up. <laughs> all right. So while I'm doing that, um, just want to say, well, I, I think for the race tomorrow, uh, my intention is to try to have something similar to this. Um, at least for what has been streamed. We'll leave this up on the YouTube channel. I'm going to try to just put this up as a generic random little episode before, uh, um, you know, in a couple next couple hours after we're done with this. But I'm going to try to do something similar tomorrow with the live stream. We did this at Lamar. Um, I'll try to kind of tinker with it a bit before. But honestly, it's just kind of an extra background screen. Um, I'm in IT, so I have like five, six screens for this, if I, depending on how I want to set this up tomorrow. So this is just going to be an extra thing for um, potential for some live timing and um, just come uh, voice channel chat. We'll have that as basically audio um, and then we'll have some channels uh, and those specific chats. So it's just an extra hub of some listening 
Um, if you want to just, I don't know, if you wanted to listen to random people be idiots for 24 hours on the voice chats, you could do that. Um, but it's just an extra info screen if you want to have that up uh, with your system or setup. So um, it, it helps me out because I don't have to bring a computer and listen and on everything with a computer. I could just play it on a, on a YouTube live stream. So um, I think we'll do that service as well. If you guys are interested in that, just check the YouTube channel out. Um, we'll have links and all that everywhere. So, but wanted to mention that. Yeah, and, I, and I think we're going to take the easy out that Zodiac Air has given us. Well, I don't feel like offending an entire nation today. No, that, that wasn't in my itinerary for doing this podcast when we first started. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> checklist for tomorrow. We mentioned all the support races and all the things that's happening before the race. Uh, live timing will have will be on timing 71. Um there will be a live ticker on the official website, the ADAC24 website. Uh, I believe it's in German, though. You might have to tr- go on the German site. And if you have Google Translate, it should automatically translate the page for you, so it shouldn't be an issue. Um, and that that helps you uh, – basically, it helps you kind of figure out what's happening along in the lower classes. Um, as they kind of uh, say – accidents what cars are involved and they do they do class updates every now and then so it can be a pretty helpful tool um live streams as of right now i know in the last couple of years it's been geo-blocked in the united states but the official adac 24 uh Nürburgring youtube channel uh i ch- checked probably around three four hours ago the stream is still not geo-blocked in the united states so as of right now you can still watch it for free on youtube um, in, in the United States, they'll be available worldwide. Um, if you come, if you wake up tomorrow morning as an American and you don't find it on YouTube, uh, unfortunately, you know, legal, uh, the only way to legally watch it would be through Motor Trend Plus, which I believe you can get a free trial for. If not, it's five bucks a month. Um, and then the, but the official YouTube channel will also have a pit lane stream, which is what you're – if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, uh, that's, what, that's, what's, that's, that's what's on in the background. That's the official pit lane cam. And then also I think around around like 10 onboards you can choose from. Uh, it's pretty much if you have uh, – because I have five screens going into my setup tomorrow and every single one of them will be something N24 related. This could be madness. Yeah, I'm excited. I've got uh, a few big screens out on the porch, and I've got another one just sit, like sitting there, not doing anything. And uh, and then I've got a bunch of like monitor mounts that I can kind of mount some monitors on and extra PCs. So I'm trying to figure out what's the best way to get as many TVs as humanly possible in my field of view, and uh, and not go completely insane. So I'll I'll post pictures, but it it'll be a lot, <laughs> and I'm excited for it too. So. Yeah, I, I mean, beyond that, just uh, so, yeah, stick around with the Discord and uh, you know YouTube channel if you want the the subreddit as well. Um, RWC will have links to Ratchet to Sports Car underscore Racing, uh, the other sports uh, sports car subreddit that pretty much um, has this in one of its wheelhouses. Ah, uh, yes, the R slash uh, the race the race threads. I almost forgot about where the race threads going to be. R slash Sports Car underscore Racing. That's basically where all of the GT endurance races go. Uh, I know in the past it's been on R slash WBC, but it's now on uh, R slash sports car racing. 
Uh, it'll be cross-posted to the WEC subreddit. With I'll lock the comments on there because every time I cro- cross-post a race from that sub, people just comment on the Arshlast WEC cross-post. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. So Arshlast uh, Sports Car Racing, once again, that's going to be where the race thread is going to be held. I'll try to have that up. I'll, I'll probably probably have that up uh, before even the first support race of the day gets going. So very early on in the day, that should be up uh, for all the information you need. They'll have live timing, the streams, um, probably possibly more information like where the Marshall posts are and maybe some doc, uh, where the documents you can find the documents of like of penalties and BOP and stuff. Um, so we'll, we'll, that's something to look forward to for tomorrow as well. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome having all of you here. Thanks to all of the guests that we brought on, something that we haven't done before, and it really seems like it worked very well. Uh, Lamont is a little bit more hectic with the pre-show, so we probably won't be able to do it for Lamont, but maybe in the future for other... If we do a uh, Derber Green Live special again, maybe we can uh, have it as a reoccurring theme of the show. That, that That'd be pretty nice to have something people of the community can be more involved in but as of right now we're gonna kind of leave you guys out leave you guys on get you guys you know get, go to bed early get some get as much <laughs> sleep as you can because you got 24 hours to stay up for tomorrow so with that being said me and cookie bid all of you a farewell and kazoo <laughs> have a good night guys guys <laughs>